All right, and welcome back to Real Talk Sports with Rico. I'll be your host today. And today's show, we are actually just going ahead and we are recapping the NFL in week eight and all the games that were played there. So without further ado, I just want to go ahead and thank Anchor for building our platform. I want to thank all our sponsors out there who put sponsorship on our show and thank the fans out there who have listened to us from week to week and actually helped us drive content to the show. So Let's go ahead and jump right into it. Again, we're going over week eight, all the NFL games that were played there. So the first game up uh, was a Thursday night game between the Atlanta Falcons and the Carolina Panthers. In this game, um, Atlanta wins this game 25 to 17. Um, This was huge in the sense that Atlanta came in giving up the most passing yards uh, to quarterbacks out there, and they were able to hold Teddy Bridgewater and company Um, down to just 176, uh, one TD and an INT there, and also was able to sack Teddy Bridgewater three times. They were able to limit Mike Davis to 13 rushes and 66 yards there, and they were able to keep Robbie Andrews under 50 receiving yards, which was huge there. On the flip side of that, Matt Ryan was pretty stellar. Uh, 281, no touchdowns, did have an INT, two sacks there. Todd Gurley, 18 for 46 and a touchdown as well. Uh, Julio Jones, 7 for 137. He had been struggling here uh, via some injuries and things like that, so he looked really good as well. Uh, With that win, the Atlanta Falcons go to 2-6, and and the Carolina Panthers fall to 3-5. and Next up, you had the New England Patriots versus the Buffalo Bills. The Buffalo Bills win this 24 to 21. This is the first time in a long time that the New England Patriots actually have a losing streak. And in this one, uh, the thing here was Cam Newton needing to play a lot better. He did come out, play a little bit better. He threw for 174, no touchdowns, no INTs, two sacks, but he did rush nine times for 54 yards and get a touchdown although he did have a costly fumble late in this game with the Patriots in the red zone territory where they could have actually tied it up and maybe forced overtime the flip side of this thing you look at Josh Allen uh, 154 zero touchdowns and an INT he's kind of cooled off since the first start of the season here uh, Zach Boss and Devin Singletary both 14 rushes 81 for Zach Moss, 86 for Devin Singletary, two touchdowns for Zach Moss. You had heard coming into this thing, Zach Moss being the rookie, would he establish himself as probably being the primary rusher in this offense? I think this was a huge step forward for Zach Moss. Um, And this also, too, is a good thing for Buffalo because they show that they're not just one dimensional. Um, They've been airing it out a lot on often this year but they're able to get it done on the ground really um, as well as the air so that's a good sign for buffalo and being able to get the stop that they needed here late uh, which propels them to six and two moves new england to two and five here next up we have the tennessee titans versus the cincinnati Bengals. uh this was actually a shocker to me um cincinnati uh, coming in here, had actually played some good football, um, losing some tight, some tight games here. But Tennessee had been hot, just losing the one time here the week before. Uh, they come into this and get beat 31 to 20 by Cincinnati. Um, essentially, here in this one, uh, Joe Burrow 249, two touchdowns, no ints here. Um, you look at what they were able to do on the ground. Uh, Samaji P Ryan scored a touchdown. 
Gia, Gia, uh, Bernard here uh, scored as well. 15 rushes, 62 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, Giovanni Bernard couldn't get that out. 15 rushes, 62 yards, and a touchdown. 12 was his longest there. And how about the emergence of the young rookie here, T. Higgins? Six receptions, 78 yards, uh, no touchdowns, but he was actually leading the receiving core. When you look at it, you look at Tyler Boyd, who was next up with the six receptions, 67 yards. Um, and then it was Alden Tate, seven receptions, 65 yards. And then A.J. Green, two receptions, 19 yards. The talk has definitely been about Joe Burrow, but how about these young receivers who have stepped up for Joe Burrow? Um, on the flip side of this, you look at Tennessee. Derrick Henry had a pretty good game, 18 rushes, 112, and a touchdown here. Uh, Corey Davis, again, a solid game, eight receptions, 128, and a touchdown there. Uh, A.J. Green continues his tear with a touchdown as well. Um, and then you look at Ryan Tannehill, 233, two touchdowns and an INT here. But uh, disappointing here. Uh, definitely, I think, a winnable game for the Tennessee Titans. You would think that they would be able to come in here and get this win. But unfortunately, uh, take a loss here. And that just lets you know, any given Sunday, anything can happen there. Next up, you have the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Cleveland Browns here. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders went 16 to 6. This was expected to be probably um, a shootout. A lot of people thought that this was going to be a situation where there was going to be a lot of passing, um, a lot of touchdowns and things like that. Weather was not really that great here uh, this afternoon. And then when you look at it, Derek Carr only 111, one touchdown there. You look at Baker Mayfield, 122, no touchdowns, no INTs. Um, Josh Jacobs had a stellar game, 31 for 129, no touchdowns here. Um, but, you know, that was pretty much it here. I mean, the Raiders take care of business here. Um, not a huge um, offensive performance for Cleveland, as you would expect. They still are 5-3. and three. Very good record here. Uh, you look at the Las Vegas Raiders. They're playing solid football as well. Four and three, second in the AFC West at this point in time. Next up, we look at the Indianapolis Colts versus the Detroit Lions. Uh, one of the blowouts here of week eight. The Colts take care of business here, 41 to 21 in this one. Um, Detroit Lions fall to three and four. The Colts move to five and two, quietly putting together a pretty good season here. Phillip Rivers probably has one of his best games of the season, 262 and three touchdowns there. Um, you look at Jordan Wilkerson, 20 rushes, 89 yards, and a touchdown here. The surprise is he actually got more touches than the rookie, Jonathan Taylor, who's actually been pretty good here this year. On the flip side of that, Matthew Stafford, 336, three touchdowns and an INT there. Uh, the Lions pretty much struggled to stop the Colts all afternoon here. Um, and this was just pretty much the Indianapolis Colts here in the landslide taking care of business. Again, 41-21 there. Next up, you have the Minnesota Vikings versus the Green Bay Packers. Probably the upset, I would say, of the week. Uh, Minnesota coming into this thing. Uh, really not getting a whole bunch accomplished here, struggling with uh, Kirk Cousins there. Uh, really, you know, they've struggled to have an identity. Um, usually this is a team that has really hung its hat on defense for the past so many years, and they've really struggled in that department. But they actually go to Lambeau Field, 
pull off the win here, 28 to 22. And the story of this one had to be Dalvin Cook. If you had him in your fantasy football um, in your fantasy football league and he was a starter, you were very happy here. 30 rushes, 163 yards, and a and three touchdowns there. He had two receptions, 63 yards, and a touchdown there as well. Uh, he was pretty much unstoppable. Four touchdowns on the day. Kirk Cousins didn't have to do a whole bunch. 160 and a touchdown for him. On the flip side of that, you look at Aaron Rodgers, 291, three touchdowns. Um, Jamal Williams, Filled in, uh, you know, pretty admirable here for Aaron Jones. 16 for 75. Didn't have the the week like he had the week before. Robert Tanyan's uh, five receptions, 79 yards. Uh, uh, still a stellar week here from Devontae Adams. He's been on the terrace. Seven receptions, 53 yards, and three touchdowns. I think Minnesota did a terrific job in limiting his yardage, even though he did get the three touchdowns. But definitely the upset there. Minnesota moves to two and five. Green Bay falls to five and two. Next up, you have the Kansas City Chiefs versus the New York Jets here. Uh, the Jets are the only team that has been winless here. This was pretty much an easy victory for Kansas City here, taking care of business 35 to nine. Um, you know, just looking here through the stats, when you look at this one, Patrick Mahomes quietly 416, five touchdowns in this one. Um, you look at the uh, statistics here from the receiving standpoint for the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, they just had a field day. Travis Kelsey, eight receptions, 109, a touchdown for him. Tariq Hill, four receptions, 98 yards, two touchdowns for him. Uh, Malcolm Hardman, seven receptions, 96 yards, and a touchdown for him. And Demarcus Robinson, four receptions, 63 yards, and a touchdown there. You look at the flip side of the Jets, they just couldn't get anything going. Sam Darnold, 133 no touchdowns, no INTs, and a sack there. Um, looking at the running attack here, you look at um, Frank Gore, 10 rushes, 30 yards here. Um, LaMichael P. Ryan, 8 rushes, 27 yards. Uh, Sam Darnold, 4 for 21. And Ty Johnson, 3 for 15. Never a good sign when your quarterback is almost leading you in rushing here. Just not a whole bunch of weapons here for the Jets as they were out without their key receiver there, um, Jamison Crowder as well. So, you know, another tough loss there for Adam Gase and definitely um, Le'Veon Bell comes back with the Kansas City Chiefs um, in what you would call a revenge game here, gets the win with his new team. Kansas City moves to seven and one, first in the AFC West. And the New York Jets still winless here at 0-8, sitting at the bottom of the AFC East. Next up, you have the Miami Dolphins versus the Los Angeles Rams. This was probably going to be, to me, the second shocker of the week here. The Miami Dolphins take care of business here at home, 28-17 to against the Los Angeles Rams. Um, this was uh, Tua's first start here. Um, you know, he's filling in for Ryan Fitzpatrick here. A lot was said here because Ryan Fitzpatrick had played so well for the Dolphins and had actually, you know, led them to a 500 record, but... Uh, Tua coming in here, 93 yards, a touchdown. Didn't really have to do a whole bunch here. They got a special team score. Um, I believe it was a punt return or a kickoff score there. 
Um, you look at Miles Gaskins. He had a touchdown, 18 of 47 on the ground. So he took care of business there. And this was just a solid effort. I mean, when you look at Jared Goff, who really struggled, two INTs, two sacks, 355, and only one touchdown here. Uh, he was really, really uh pressure throughout the whole afternoon um, they definitely went ahead and they were able to take away the running attack that the Rams usually like to lean on um, Daryl Henderson Jr. only 47 yards Malcolm Brown 40 yards came Akers 35 yards and Robert Woods nine yards so they did a terrific job in really taking care of business uh, taking wide receivers out of the game making it difficult for the Rams to kind of go down the field like I said this was a shocker here you know, you definitely thought that the Dolphins would struggle here possibly with the rookie. But nevertheless, Miami takes care of business, takes pressure off the rookies. You hear all the time it takes all four phases. And that's exactly what Miami did here, executing all four phases of football here and helping the Miami Dolphins move now to four and three as they're second in the AFC East. And the Los Angeles Rams fall to five and three, third in a tough NFC West division. Next up, you have the Pittsburgh Steelers versus the Baltimore Ravens here. Definitely was probably the game of the day, essentially when you look at it, because Pittsburgh was coming into this thing undefeated here. Um, and then you had a hot Baltimore team that was pretty, pretty good, too, as well. Uh, Pittsburgh moves to 7-0, and still first in the AFC North. You look at Baltimore here, they're second in the AFC North at 5-2, 28-24 in this one. Um, probably the story here had to be what, you know, as far as ball control, what Pittsburgh was able to do as far as being efficient here. You look at Ben Roethlisberger, the 182, the two touchdowns, uh, two sacks here. Uh, James Conner struggled to get over 50 yards every time he's faced the Ravens, but did get a touchdown here. So that was huge. Uh, Eric Ebrams, the tight end here, four for 48, a touchdown. And Chase Claypool, uh, the special rookie here for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers took care of business with the five receptions, 42 yards here. On the flip side of this, Lamar Jackson struggled. 208, two touchdowns, but did have two INTs here, four sacks as well. So he was pressured all afternoon. Um, they did get an excellent contribution from J.K. Dopkins, the rookie here, 15 uh, rushes for 113, no touchdowns. And Gus Edwards played well as well, 16 rushes, 87 yards to the touchdown here. Lamar Jackson, 16 for 65, no touchdowns. Um, the Ravens had a chance to win this game. They had a chance to win this game. It was a deep throw from about you know, 30, 35 yards out that got knocked down, no interference call. So the Ravens were right there despite the struggles that Lamar Jackson has had. Um, you kind of wonder, you know, what is going to be the situation moving forward for the Ravens? Um, they've really struggled on the outside to have playmakers. I know in this particular game, Willie Sneed played well with the five receptions for 106. But aside from him, um, you know, as a Ravens fan, you wonder is... Um, is Des Bryant going to make a huge difference for you with that new signing there? Is he going to be able to possibly provide 
um, some support here for Lamar Jackson. Is he able to possibly open up the middle of the field for them to possibly go down the field with guys like uh, Marquise Brown or Miles Boykins? Uh, is that going to open up Mark Andrews? I think that's the question here moving forward because, you know, as the game slows down, I get that you are going to have to run the football, but you're still going to have to make big plays down the field because that's essentially what the NFL is here. So, um, again, the Ravens are right there in this one. Um, to me, I think they're they're going to have to go through Pittsburgh if they are going to go anywhere here in this division. Um, certainly going to be a tough, tough division to win. And I think this is going to be a good game here when they face off again in Pittsburgh. So 28 to 24 here as the Pittsburgh Steelers stay undefeated there. Next up is the Los Angeles Chargers versus the Denver Broncos. Once more here, Los Angeles, the Chargers finding another way yet again to lose here to the Denver Broncos here as they fall now the Chargers to two and five and Denver moves to three and four here. Um, you know, you look at a strong fourth quarter first off by the Denver Broncos, 21 to six, they outscored the Los Angeles Chargers. Um, simply another outstanding effort from Justin Hubert in this one, 278, three touchdowns, although he did have the two INTs and the two sacks here. Uh, Drew Luck stayed in it just enough. Three touchdowns and INT did hit the game-winning score there. Um, and again, just the story has to be, again, with the Chargers losing these tight, contested games. I mean, I think that, you know, once more, I, I don't know what the record reads, but as far as you know anywhere from like 10 points or less you know they they've they've had a losing record here and it's it's sad because if they could just flip that you're looking at a winning team here and i think that at some point the chargers are going to figure it out um i think i am a firm believer in the sense that you first learn to lose before you learn to win um you know it's unfortunately i i think that this is going to be tough for coach lynn to to kind of recover from this this season because you know at some point I think management gets frustrated um, and they start to you know kind of scratch the head and wonder you know is there somebody else that can kind of push them past um, these last second you know game winners that they've they've unfortunately suffered here so you know a tough loss here but the good th news is if you are a Los Angeles Chargers fan you at least know that you have your franchise quarterback and Justin Hubert um, who had to be thrust into the starting lineup but he's he's looked very good um denver could be worser but three and four I, i'm sure they'll take it at this point here hoping to get better so uh, probably the the head scratcher there week eight with that game next up the new orleans saints against the chicago bears the saints win 26 to 23 in overtime here very disappointing here with the Chicago Bears, who had started off five and one, now dropping to five and three here. They thought that as they moved over to Nick Foles from Mitchell Trubisky, that this was going to be the spark plug for them offensively. And they have really struggled uh, in this particular game. He did have the two touchdowns in the INT 272, but he had the five sacks here. Um, tough one there. And then you look at the, the flip side of this. Drew Brees has just been playing good enough football. 282 touchdowns, no INTs. Alvin Kamari, who is probably at, in my, I, I would say right now in this predicament, 
this point in the season, he's probably the MVP of the league. I think he stepped in admirably. Um, he had the nine receptions, 96 yards here. He did have 12 rushes for 67 yards here. I think he's on pace for record-setting numbers here as far as yards from scrimmage. Um, really getting it done here. No Michael Thompson, so it's impressive for the Saints to come in lock up like they did and get this win in the overtime so a tough one for Matt Nagy and the Chicago Bears as they fall yet again here um looking at this division they're still second here in the NFC North here um they're still right there with Green Bay at five and three but they have been slipping here the last couple weeks you look at the New Orleans Saints at five and two first in the NFC North or NFC South, excuse me. They do have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to contend with, but quietly they have been taking care of business here. And you would only expect that the Saints are going to get better as they continue to get more healthier here. Because uh, keep in mind, they had some receivers here who were on the COVID-19 list. They had one that was suspended. Um, obviously that one that has been suspended and has also been on the injury list is one of the best receivers in the NFL. So you would expect that the Saints are going to get those guys back and they're going to be even better than they have shown thus far in the first half of the season. Next up is the Seattle Seahawks versus the San Francisco 49ers. This essentially was a laugher, a laugher, excuse me, um, the Seattle Seahawks were just leaps and bounds above San Francisco here. And when you look at San Francisco, San Francisco is an injury depleted franchise right now. Um, they are four and four. I think that they are much better than their record here if healthy. But right now, you know, in this game, they lost Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, they also lost George Kettle, who broke his ankle in this one as well. Um, you look at Russell Wilson four touchdowns, you know, no INTs, two sacks. That offense was just on fire. I mean, you look at DJ or DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. These guys have been just pretty much providing the fireworks every week. Um, for this particular game, DK Metcalf, 12 receptions, 161. Tyler Lockett, four receptions, 33 yards. Those guys have been going back and forth um, as far as having stellar performances here. And What's impressive about this is, you know, they had two of their running backs out. Does the Seattle, no Carlos Hyde to the hamstring, um, no Chris Carson with the, the sprained foot. And they didn't have uh, Travis Homer out there who's got the banged up knee, but they were still able to get two scores here from their rookie tailback. DJ Dallas here so lets me know that when you look at uh, Seattle as a whole I think that they're going to be right there I know defensively they're not the same team as they were back in the day when they were called the Legion of Boom but if they're able to get enough stops they're able to get enough turnovers and you're able to continue to have Russell Westbrook play at this MVP level I like Seattle, especially when the game starts to slow down in the playoff series there. Six and one for them. First in the NFC West, still getting it done. Um, a disappointing fourth in the NFC West for the San Francisco 49ers as they lose more players to injuries here in this one. Next up, uh, the next game that we take a look at here is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles and the Dallas Cowboys. Um, in this situation here, uh, it is terrible as all the teams are in the NFC East. 
every team is still in this. Um, so even though Dallas gets beat here 23 to nine and they're two and six, now third in the NFC East, believe it or not, they still sincerely have a chance to win this division. Philadelphia is starting to finally get healthy now. Um, they do put up 23 points here, but let's face it, it is a terrible Dallas team here. Um, they did have to start Ben DiNucci here um, at quarterback. Essentially, they they lost Dalton to the uh, concussion here uh, protocol. So you look at that. So they were down to just one quarterback there. Uh, you look at you know what Ezekiel Elliott did: nineteen rushes, sixty-three yards, no touchdowns. He's really struggled now that teams are putting seven, eight men in the box. Um, you look at the receiving numbers, uh, pretty terrible there. Amari Cooper, one reception, five yards there. Ezekiel Elliott, one reception, 10 yards. Tony Pollard, two for 24. CeeDee Lamb, four for 27. Uh, Dalton showed six for 53. And Michael Gallup, seven for 61. Atrocious numbers. And I think as a Dallas fan, when you look at this, you have to tell yourself, this is going to make Dak Prescott worth every single penny in the offseason. If you are in ownership with the Dallas Cowboys, you must sign Dak Prescott for any amount of money that he needs. Makes a huge difference here. The defense is absolutely terrible for Dallas here in this one. Um, looking on the flip side of this, it wasn't like Carson Wentz played any better. He's probably in his worst season as a starter. 123, two touchdowns, two INTs here. Um, once again, throwing multiple picks in a game. Um, but, you know, on the flip side of that, you look at the bright sides here. You look at a guy like Travis Fulcom here, six receptions, 78 yards, one touchdown. You look at Jalen Rager here, the rookie, three receptions, 16 yards, and the one touchdown coming off the IR with the thumb injury. They do get Dallas uh, Goddard back. Uh, I only had the one reception for the 15 yards here. Um, so, you know, slowly they're getting healthy. They will get Alshon Jeffries back. At some point, they'll get Deshaun Jackson back. And you might have really found, probably, you may have found maybe your best receiver ever since Terrell Owens here, if Travis Fulcom continues to play well. And they really feel like they have something here with Jalen uh, Rager as well. So, you know, again, if Philly can continue to get healthy, they can continue to correct kind of what's going on here with Carson Wentz. They may catch some momentum and they might catch some momentum going into the playoffs. But at this point, um, just kind of um, a, a rough game here. But, you know, I think everybody here pretty much predicted that Philly was going to take care of business as they continue to lead the NFC East with a three and four record and one as they do have the one tie. The last game of the week, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New York Giants here. Uh, Tampa Bay takes care of business 25 to 23. They barely get the win here um, in this game. They're now six and two, second in the NFC South. The Giants fall to one and seventh, uh, now fourth in the NFC East. And, you know, Tom Brady had two touchdowns, 279 here, but I think. The thing here is a lot of people were expecting Tampa Bay to come out and really dominate this 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 game points wise and everything like that, especially since they're a week away from getting Antonio Brown. You look at the receiving core that they had. Um, 
I know that they didn't have uh, Marquise Godwin out there um, due to the, the finger injury and everything like that. But, you know, it's just still you would expect that the Bucks with all the firepower that they had, you, you felt like they were going to dominate this game and they really didn't, uh, which is concerning. Um, I think that this is one of the things that as we go along and you look at Tampa Bay and you look at their season, it's been much ups and downs because they've just been so inconsistent here. And when you look at Daniel Jones on the other side of this thing for the New York Giants, I think at some point the Giants have to figure out, is he going to be the guy? Two touchdowns, two INTs and three sacks, 256 here. He did lead them back, almost did win the game, but the turnovers were kind of inexcusable. The throws were just unnecessary and there were throws in which he probably could have just thrown it away or thrown it out of bounds when you look at the highlight clips and things like this. So I think at some point, again, management is going to have to try to figure out is Daniel Jones the guy or do they have to go a different direction here? Um, you know, I think when they get Saquon Barkley back, they're, they're going to want to pair him with the best talent possible here. Obviously, a lot of changes, I think, still to come here in New York. But, uh, you know, again, yeah, Tampa Bay takes care of business here. They were the favorite 25 to 23, but disappointing for, for both reasons or, or for two reasons on both sides there. So it's be interesting to see what happens with Tampa Bay moving forward. Um, they do have a huge game coming up next week here against the New Orleans Saints. Uh, again, they will get Antonio Brown. So a lot of people will want to know, hey, what do they have? You know, how good are they going to be? Are they are they Super Bowl contenders? I think that that answer will probably come here as weeks come. So with that being said, that is week eight of the NFL season here. I just want to thank Anchor for being our platform. I want to thank all our fans out there for listening to us. And um, this is Rico with Real Talk Sports. We'll be back for another show.